Trust me. I know my daughter. It may take a little while, but eventually she'll screw up her nerve. She'll walk through that door and she'll tell me off. In the meantime, I'll just uh, stay here and wait. Give me a beer. Sir, did I ever tell you that uh, I was in the Coast Guard? Coast Guard, huh? Well, you must be very proud, miss. How's everybody doing so close to Christmas 2021? Uh, Coming at you today on December 14th, Tuesday, December 14th, 11 days from the beloved Christmas time of the year, which is uh, everybody's just, uh, it just comes too fast and then it's over, this holiday spirit and joy. Although I'm not seeing it this year, I'm not feeling it. A lot of times, like when I'm uh, at home, I play the Vince Giraldi, I get into it and stuff. It's just, I don't know what's the matter this year. Everything seems to be different this year, for me at least, or maybe for everybody. I I mean, probably for everybody. I mean, everything is such kind of a mess. Nothing is normal still. It's been two goddamn years. But, uh, yeah, you know, it's like even, I find myself even like with with football, it's it's like weird, you know? It's like I, I have no need to like sit and... And watch the games or anything, and and that's very awkward for me. You know, I I don't mind doing stuff on Sundays, and I haven't felt that way in many years. So I don't know. Feels like everything's just different, and obviously, I guess everybody feels similar. But uh, yeah, I'm not getting the Christmas spirit. Although I did have it on uh, last Monday. Um, I'll tell you about that in a second. Actually, I'm not sure. Where to begin today? I don't know. It's it's kind of a dark and miserable day here in New York City, recording on Saturday, December 11th. December 11th, not September 11th. Right, you get thrown off. But um, it's warm. It's like 50 degrees. Maybe that's why it doesn't feel very Christmassy or holiday-like. Obviously, like Hanukkah's long and gone. Maybe that had something to do with it. I don't know. I don't think anybody really cares. In fact, like I told you, you know, they have the menorah downstairs still lit, all eight candles lit. I'm like, throw it away. It's over. It's over. I will not take umbrage to you having a menorah out just because the our holiday is over. It doesn't bother me. We get how it works. I know we talk about this all the time. It's just kind of funny that people complain those people are called Beth Casper. 
my sister, <laughs> the original Karen, as I believe I called her on Sunday, while we were having the potato lockers. Of course, the big buildup to this week was, was I able to eat Dory's roommate's age in potato lockers? <laughs> well, I don't know. Was I? I wasn't rushed to the hospital or anything, but I guess it's all right. I mean, I guess I'll just kind of start off where we left off last week. Or maybe, I don't know, you know, I was at my mother's house yesterday until like all hours, all hours. I mean, I was definitely there till like nine o'clock at night. I got there at noon. I mean, I left my house at 10 a.m. And then I dropped off the stupid last of the stuff I was hoping in storage. Then I went to my mother's house and then, oh, this is great. You love, you know, she's selling the house, right? I've told you all this, and she's moving out really quickly. She can't wait to leave. And my sister and I meet her because we were taking her to Lazy Boy to get chairs or a tiny sofa for her new apartment. And Beth's like, you know, meet me there. And uh, I'm like, well, you know, she Beth keeps giving me last-minute things to do, which don't work when you... You know, live in New York City, have to get your car out of the garage, travel to New Jersey. I, I Last minute stuff doesn't work for me in general. But for that, she's like, yeah, uh, can you come earlier? Because uh, I'm going to take her to Raymore and Flanagan or Lazy Boy, whatever to get. And I'm like, no, everything has been prepared. I'm up now. This is the time I'm leaving. I had to stop at the storage space again with a day's notice. Even an overnight notice. I could have changed everything, and the only reason I bring it up is because this is what happened on Sunday. But anyway, we go to the Lazy Boy place, and and uh, and they um, have the like, please sanitize your hands, sanitize your hands before you come in. And they're like, I've never seen a place that says, please sanitize your hands. It's very important as you sanitize your hands before you come in. I've never seen that. I've seen a place that says wear a mask or don't wear a mask or get vaccinated or whatever. But I've never seen them actually say sanitize your hands. But it makes sense. You know we're all touching that furniture. You can't help yourself but to touch the furniture and see how it feels. People are sitting in the chairs. That's the whole thing. These kind of stores... These are probably the worst stories to be in during COVID. You are definitely touching where everybody else has touched. My sister couldn't care less. Walked right. She's. I'm not sanitizing. Screw that. I don't know where that comes from. I don't know where that comes from. What's the big goddamn deal to sanitize? And I'm talking about sanitizing your hands before COVID. You know why wouldn't they even have that out before COVID? We just didn't think of such things. But I mean, like, this is the kind of place that should be sanitized way after COVID is finished. When we're all done with this nonsense, and she's so upset that they uh, are forcing her to sanitize your hand while we know we're feeling that church, she just walked right by. My mother and I sanitized our hands because it's the polite thing to do for your fellow man. It's the most obvious thing. Anyway, we go there, and we're like, all right, we'll take this one. Yeah, you can't have that one. Well, what about this one? No, 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 that's, that's no good. Well, maybe you can get it in June. June? Oh, they forget it. A place like that with their stuff, if they're giving you special order with everything on back order, everything stuck in the shipyards in California, you're not going to get anything. This is a a great example of how the uh, everything is messed up. I mean, we see it, you know, localized in supermarkets or certain things uh, where, you know, the, 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 the products on the shelves are missing. But, you know, you don't even think about, you know, furniture 
which is going to take extra long time than normal because everything is backed up and everything's a mess. So nobody really complains about it because we all know what's happening. Normally, my sister would have had a tie June, but we all have this understanding of what's happening. So what are you supposed to do? But she'll be fine. And then we left there, and I don't know where the hell we were, in the middle of central Jersey somewhere. There's all this farmland. I mean, we didn't see one store where we could, or restaurant where we could eat on the way. I guess we were probably closer towards Princeton, New Jersey. And uh, I just looked on the map, restaurants near me, and I found this little diner. And this little diner, I mean, it was like a dream. I found this little diner. I'm like, well, this place is like, uh, you know, 0.6 miles away. So we drove there, and it's this little diner. In the middle of nowhere, uh, you know, I, I can't remember what it was called, cozy something. They have one of those inflatable things that you see at a used car lot <laughs> going like, come on in. That inflatable balloon guy waving. And the restaurant was amazing. It was all like 50s themed, you know, it was like right out of Happy Days. And uh, they we, we sat in the Peter Lawford booth. Uh, of course, I wanted to sit in the Sammy Davis one, but... Uh, uh, that one was uh, being cleaned up, so we went for the Peter Lawford one. And the waitress there was so funny. I mean, she wasn't funny, but she was funny. She was limping. I mean, she just looked like she. this was the worst job anyone could have in that position. You thought I was my back hurt and was walking funny. I mean, this woman, I, I don't know how you're going to carry food out. We felt bad asking her for anything. I, you know, <laughs> like, well, could I? Uh, you know what? Uh, that's it. Was right out of a curb enthusiasm. Uh, you know, don't worry about um, anything else. We're we're fun. You know, would you like a refill? No, 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 no. We we don't want to bother you with anything. Uh, we just felt bad for. Her. But um, my sister and mother had. Are you ready for this? I didn't. Ha- I don't like it, but macaroni and cheese with topped with a crab cake. It looked amazing. I don't like crab cakes. I don't. I never like crab cakes, which is odd because I like crab, and I like cake. But I don't like crab cakes. <laughs> How I? But I can. I'm like, waiter. We'll have two orders of soft shell crab. Jack Nicholson and um, oh, what is that movie? Uh, as good as it gets. We'll have two orders of soft shell crab. He just yells it out in the restaurant. Two hard shell crab dinners. Pitcher ice cold beer, uh, baked or fries. Fries. One baked, one fried. I'll tell your waiter. But it looked, they just put a, a crab cake on top of a bowl of macaroni and cheese. It looked unbelievable. And uh, they just ordered it immediately. So again, I was stuck. I wasn't ready to order. I was not ready. So I saw the happy waitress on the menu. I told you it's only a Jersey thing. It was actually on the menu, and I just got that. I, I think I would have taken some more time and not gotten that and tried something new. But, you know, you can't go wrong when you make the waitress happy. Am I right? Am I right, folks? Um, it wasn't very good. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I wasn't even that hungry, and I don't know why. I haven't been hungry, but I eat anyway, and that's the problem. I eat anyway. But I haven't been like where I'm like, oh, my God, I'm starving. Oh, then my mother and I had some chocolate pudding. It was delicious. So that's why we're never going to that other place anymore. I mean, if they're out of chocolate pudding. And then I told her, that, like, uh, I said, well, I told her that was the reason I had to go to the Dave Chappelle thing because, uh, you know, I told her, I'm like, well, <laughs> big laughs. <laughs> you know, like I told you two weeks ago. 
Well, my podcast had come down to me talking about you and me and the fact that the diner was out of chocolate pudding. So I figured I better do something quick. <laughs> and usually we get the... <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm making myself laugh. Usually we get the generic type of wax beans, but really if you take off the cover, <laughs> it's funny every time. <laughs> if you think about it, that's it feels like uh, if we were depicting it in a TV show or movie, it would be like me just talking about the generic type of wax beans. And I'm like, and somebody gives me an opportunity to go somewhere where, wow, that'll be interesting to talk about in your podcast. I'm like, no, no, I'm good. Thanks. So so then my, the, my mother's, the attorney that we got for her calls me and she sends me an email saying, you have an open, what is it called? Like an open, um, oh crap, uh, not work order, a permit, an open permit. I guess it's a chest when you tell it out. You have an open permit, permit that needs to be closed. And I'm like, what are we talking about? Nobody knows what we're talking about. So I talked to the attorney and she says, you have to call, you know, this number, the you know, municipal town or something and get this permit closed. And I called them up and they, thank God they answered. And I was calling them up on the car ride home. Cause I'm like, let's get to the bottom of this. You can't sell the house until the permit is closed. And, uh, in, in the people are telling me, yeah, you have an open permit. I'm like, yeah, I get it. What's it for? We're like, maybe, uh, it was an open permit for when she had like the roof redone or something. And she's like, no, it's an open permit. And I'm like, yeah, I get it. But what's it for? Like when, who made it? who, we didn't open any permits. And she goes, well, yeah, apparently Elliot Juskow opened a permit and uh, never closed it. And I'm like, when did he do this? He called us and he told us. He was, I'm like, Elliot Juskow has been dead for like 20 years. What are you talking about? She goes, yeah, in 1998, he called us and opened a permit. I'm like, 1998? Finally, they gave me that. Like, this woman was telling me all this stuff, but she never told me it was 1998. I thought the permit was open 2021 or 2020. 1998 <laughs> I just I, I put my hand over the the mouthpiece <laughs> I said to Beth and my mother in the front of the car sitting in the back and I go well your husband fucked us again Rhoda I hope you're happy with yourself <laughs> I mean I don't know what the fuck happened but apparently when they were redoing the downstairs which I think they had to redo because my sister Needed to come back to New Jersey really quickly from L.A. and bring her family. And they were living there for a while. So technically, everybody fucked us. Beth and her nonsense and uh, my dad. And they redid the basement. And I guess he opened a permit. I don't think my dad did. Whoever was doing the construction. I remember this guy. She goes, maybe it's Joey. I remember this guy, Joey. It's like, you know, when you see these, you know, when you see people that are slackers. And I know one. And I'm not going to mention one. One I'm working with right now. And I can tell he's a goddamn slacker. You know what I'm saying? I can just tell, and it's making me upset because I want to do all this work. But you can tell when somebody's slacking. This construction guy, he was like that guy. He looked, he reminds me of that guy in Seinfeld, if you know, when Jerry was getting the cabinets. You know, very nice, very personable, but obviously an idiot because he didn't close this goddamn permit. And to close the permit, the problem is the lady's telling us, oh, you need to get your basement inspected. They have to check the electricity, and the foundation. And I'm like, so you're saying somebody was supposed to come in and inspect it 20 years ago and it never got inspected so the permit was never closed. And they're like, that's right. So now somebody has to come into this house, inspect the work that was done 20 fucking years ago, and we just kind of have to hope for the best. 
because that, that's a definite hiccup where you know there's going to have to be work done and there's no way this thing is closing on Friday. What a mess. But these things happen. It's not that big a deal. That's why I was telling my mother. I'm like, she's like, oh, everything is better. I'm like, are you kidding? This has been like the smoothest closing I've ever seen. You know, I worked at a real estate firm for years, right? This is extremely smooth what's happening here. Even this little hiccup is technically was handled. You know, we called the people to come in. They set up an appointment to have it inspected on Tuesday. It's a, whatever. Whatever happens, happens. Maybe it'll suck. But, I mean, everything's being handled and it's being taken care of. I thought they wouldn't be able to schedule a, a, an appointment that was uh, supposed to happen 20 years ago for another 20 years. So that's all good. But it was funny just because uh, <laughs> it's just the whole thing. No, Elliot Juskow called us. And I'm like, how could he have called you? What are you talking about? I mean, when, when was she going to bring up that it was 1998? That was like a half hour into the conversation. And then I said, I'm like, you couldn't just tell me it was in 1998. You couldn't open with that. I'm sorry, sir. I'm only one person. Please don't. This twisted old fruit uh, told us, I'm sorry. I'm just the way God made me, sir. Now I'm doing spinal tap. You're welcome. I'm just the way God made me, sir. Are you, uh, are you spinal hey, tap? Welcome to Memphis, gentlemen. We have a slight problem with your reservation. Nothing serious, I'm afraid. Slight. You wanted seven suites. Seven suites. Yes. He mistakenly put you on the seventh floor with one suite. That's considerably more than minor. Well, it's a good-sized room, sir. It's a king leisure. We can get you a... How are we going to get 14 people in a king leisure bed? Don't tempt me, sir. Have a good time. Well, I'll take care. Welcome, gentlemen. Very attractive. Hey, listen. Listen to me. We want these suites. We want them now, okay? These people are tired. Yes, sir. We can have your reader. Perhaps you can help it. Give me your hand, please. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, okay? This twisted old fruit here tells me that you have got my reservation. How am I supposed to fit 12 people into one? Oh, don't tempt me, sir. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that's good writing. Anyway, anywho. So then Beth and I just, you know, my mother hasn't cleaned anything. We don't know what's happening. This guy was supposed to bring in a dump truck and leave it there, and they didn't have the insurance papers to bring it in. It's like just everybody sucks. But I know this happens when people move, that people forget. But my, like I told you, my mother's just doing it all on her own. We're not, we don't know what's happening. My sister's like, what do you mean a dump truck's coming in? Like, yeah, a dump truck's supposed to be put in the driveway, and they're just throwing everything in there. Everything we haven't taken, they're just going to throw in. She's like, when did they plan that? I'm like, I don't know. We don't know what Ro- who Road is talking to. People are coming in the house. They're, lo- they're taking the stuff from her house. She's like, yeah, just take it all. It's really messed up. It's really messed up. And my sister said, you know, so uh, one guy came in, he took a bunch of silverware and he gave my mother some money, like, you know, a couple hundred dollars. And my sister's like, you know, Rhoda got that hundred bucks and then she never even gave my kids a Hanukkah gift. And I'm like, well, that's all right. I mean, we've said it on this podcast. She may be one of the worst grandmothers in the history of grandmothers, especially as far as Jewish grandmothers go. She's probably the worst grandmother I don't want to say of all time, because I guess Hitler's grandmother was bad, <laughs> maybe. But yeah, she's pretty bad news. You know, doesn't remember, you know, our grandmother or Aunt Judy, as destitute as they were, like myself, always finds a way for an extra $20 or something, especially when you win at the track. We all know how it works. My mother's not ever thinking of the kids, which is hilarious. I mean, really 
hilarious. I don't know why. It's funny. Meanwhile, I didn't really get the kids anything. I'm just kind of relying on this fact that I sent Billy to visit his girlfriend, and I uh, picked up Dory's tab at the Carolines, and then I gave Liza a really good birthday and graduation gift. So uh, I'll get them something. Plus, they're only half and half, so I can I still have until Christmas to do something, even if it's just a little Venmo action. Am I right? Whatever. Anyway, yes. Uh, so we just went through a whole bunch of stuff. There's all these drawers. We're looking through stuff. We're finding stuff. Oh, and I found my my transcript from high school. It's as hilarious as expected. That's why I was thinking about maybe doing a video podcast next week because I could show it to you. My transcript from 10th to 12th grade. Or was it 9th through 10, 11? It might be 9 through 12, even though our high school only went from 10 to 12. Um, it's just so funny. Senior year, it's just D, C, D, F. I think I got an A in gym, which, you know, you have to really respect. Uh, but then I looked at, the, they say it takes 115 points or credits to graduate, and I had 114 and a half. I mean, I knew I passed by the skin of my teeth, but I didn't realize it was, they must have rounded up, and I got the exact amount of credits you need to graduate just by half a point. I told people that. I said, you know, if you need a 2.0 to graduate, I got a 2.01, but apparently looking at the high school transcript, I, I got less I got a 2.0001 or something, you know, just made it. And I'm pretty sure if we look at my college transcripts, they are similar. But uh yeah, I, I meant to bring it in with me. I meant to bring everything with me. You know, every time when I set up the podcast, I always forget something. I close the door. I put up the shit. You know, I bring up the blinds. I'm, I'm all ready to go. And then I always forget something. And this time I forgot my coffee. I actually went to Starbucks today. Thank you, Marcy, using your gift certificate. I'm like, you know what? Fuck Dunkin' Donuts. I got a, I got a gift certificate. I'll go to the Starbucks down the street. And I was, you know, up for that. I get a little coffee cake action. And I always get a grande vanilla latte for Julian. They spelled it the correct way this time with an A, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, and then I found out why my paper's not coming. They suspended it. I guess I, I guess I didn't pay it, and now I, I just can't. I, it's I can easily go out and get it, which I did. So, and I hate the Sunday, so I just want to get Friday and Saturday. But I didn't get. Anyway, nobody cares about that now. I feel like I'm talking about the wax beans again. Yeah, thank. So yeah, I forgot to bring the transcript, and uh, I guess I should always prepare that at night. But I told you, I came home. I was kind of exhausted. We were going through all this stuff. And then I was fixing her new... We got her a laptop instead of the regular computer so she could bring that with her. And I was transferring everything over, wiping the other computer. And it was just taking so much time. You know, it gets dark at 4.30, so it always feels so... Beth was like, I got to go, I got to go, I got to go. And she left. And then I was there until like 9 o'clock because then Aunt Judy needed some help with her printer. I set up her printer I mean, this is what I do anyway. I wasn't in a rush. The worst part is when they're like, oh, David, I feel so bad. I'm like, stop it. If I wanted to leave, I would leave. I knew it was going to be like this today. Just relax. That's all they're doing. They're standing around me going like, are you sure you're okay? I'm like, I'm fine. Shut up. Just give me a second to work here by myself. It's very frustrating because I'm like, I don't mind helping you. This is not an issue for me. I am not in any kind of rush. Just leave me alone for five minutes so I can concentrate. So you're not staring at me the whole time. It's tough. It's hard to work like that. 
But I set everything up. I got everything together. And, oh, I don't know. Everything's a mess. I don't care. I just, I put every, and then I, you know, I went, and then I, uh, I think I went to uh, one of those Coinstar places. We had a bunch of coins, and I went to the supermarket. They had a Coinstar thing, and then I, I had to wait on the supermarket line. It was like 9.30 already. There was one person online, and she was chatting to the cashier. It was like really annoying. I just had one of those tickets, you know, you just have to give to the cashier, and they say you have to do it that day for like 25 bucks, but you know the best kind of 25 bucks because you just put in a bunch of pennies so that was exciting and then i stopped at the wawa to get some extra coffee because i wasn't sure if i was going to make it you know but it's a straight shot it's the beauty I, I i'm upset where my mother's moving where she lives now i just get on the turnpike and uh, really it's just uh, i mean really the turnpike she's right off the turnpike exit 8a and i go to 16e just straight ahead where she's moving now, I think I got to go on Route 9, and there's lights and all this nonsense. It'll be a much more festive drive because there's more to look at, but you can't put a price on the straight shot. Her house to my house, one road, no stopping. That's over. That is over. I don't know what I... It's so weird. It's so weird that... um, I mean, that's not the house I grew up in, but she still lived there, like, you know, as long as I've lived here, 20, 21 years, 22 years, maybe more, maybe 30, I don't know. It's almost, the, it's the house her uh, grandkids grew up in, technically. And I like to think about those things. Anyway, then, of course, I came home, and uh, I wasn't hungry. But, if, you know, I'm like, well, it's the tradition. I got Taco Bell, and I got a couple of times. I don't know why I did it. I don't know why I did it. I ate them. It was already 11 o'clock at night. I started watching TV, and then I fell asleep like hard. But then when I woke up, I realized I only fell asleep for 10 minutes. But I was so tired, and I went right to bed. And I slept until like 8 in the morning. I guess I was uh, pretty sleepy. I guess there's a lot of lifting and stuff, which makes me tired. But anyway, again, I, I still feel like, <laughs> let's move on. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm rambling about nothing. That it, I really feel like I'm doing the wax beads things again. The thing I played up front, Michael Nesmith died yesterday from the monkeys. So that's it. There's one more dude left, Mickey Dolans. And the only reason I was upset about it, I mean, you know, it's sad. The monkeys just keep dropping off. I mean, it's so weird. Davy Jones, by name, he just seems so young and adorable. And he was the first to go. But the reason why uh, it upset me is because I'm just thinking of Adam Schlesinger again. It's just like, you know, that whole... <laughs> They've just been dying off, including the producer of the last two albums. I mean, that's so weird. You know, Davy Jones was already dead, but then Peter Tork died right after the Christmas album came out. And now, uh, and Adam died a year after that, thanks to COVID, you motherfuckers. And now Michael Nesmith died. But you know what? That guy, what an asshole. Everybody, you know, I was reading an article. They're like, oh, he finally got it at the end. He finally got it. He was like, oh, the tour really lifted him up. This guy hated being a monkey he was like why did why did this happen to me when the other three were like totally into it he was so upset the whole time he he was just such an asshole uh i'm not glad he's dead because you know i i was kind of hoping that well see that adam's gone too so there was no chance for another album jesus christ but yeah they're like oh he finally got it he finally got it a lot of people would kill to be in that position 
But yeah, he was just bitter and angry. And uh, when I wrote my origins to MTV, we made him that exact way. Because, you know, technically he is uh, semi-credited for inventing MTV. So, um, you know, that's kind of interesting. And the odd thing is they didn't put that in any of the obituaries, which is pretty bad reporting. Let alone that his mother invented liquid paper. Why is this guy so angry? You know, MTV came to him and said, we'd like this. And he was like, go fuck yourself, right? So that's your problem. Your mother invented liquid paper, which means you had no financial issues, let alone you were in the goddamn monkeys. Why are you so angry, you fucking ungrateful prick? I don't know if you know what liquid paper is. I mean, I'm pretty sure most of the people listening to this podcast are around, you know, 40s and 50s. We all remember liquid paper. I mean, all right, so maybe you don't need it anymore. But in the 80s, it was huge. And, you know, they made a fortune on that. Please, please. So only Mickey Dolenz is left, which is actually the best monkey to have left because he's the one whose voice is still working and still great. And he sang on most of the, the best songs. So the best one's still left. It would be bad if Peter Tork was still alive. What would we do with that guy? Uh, but uh and mickey st- still seems pretty spry like i said you can you know his voice that christmas party album came out what 2018 three years ago and he still sounds amazing what would santa do written by weezer weezer xtc and fountains of wayne all put together to make sure the monkeys two last albums were special and it just God, every time I think of Adam Schlesinger, I get so upset. I think really of out of all the people that I know that have died, that's the one that upsets me the most because there was just so much more of him to give when I think of other people, like even that, you know, the my the girl Trish that, you know, I asked to marry me and I know we talk about it all the time just because it's like always around and it's new. I'm not sure what else she would have to offer anybody in this lifetime except for me. If we got married, that would be wonderful. But who knows if that was even going to, if she would have said yes. But this guy, Adam Slesser, I mean, he had so much left to offer, so much left to offer this world. And that's the kind of thing. I mean, you know, Vic Henley dying is sad, too. So I think I think about him all the time, too. You know what? I guess I do, because he had a lot to offer also, not only for being a great friend, but he was really funny, and I totally would have used him on the sports show I do on YouTube all the time, all the time. He would have been such a great guest. He would have been great at the Westside comedy club. I miss him a lot too. I guess I just, I guess the thing about Adam is it's just, you know, there's things, there's music in the air and that sometimes just triggers, you know, that kind of stuff. Whereas, but you know, I guess when you think of somebody, you think about how much you miss them and how much they could contribute to your life. Uh, but I don't know. The Adam stuff keeps coming up. And if the monkeys are going to die, of course, my mind immediately goes to Adam. And I just uh, fucking COVID, man. That's the worst part. I mean, you know, if you're drunk, you get hit by a car, all that kind of stuff, you know, you can make sense of. But dying of COVID, COVID, so stupid, stupid. I, I, I still blame the media. I mean, we really do believe that uh, even the regular liberals are blaming the media for this Omicron thing, that they're just really blowing it out of proportion, and it might not be as bad. People are getting it, but 
I don't know. You know, the media is bad news. And I watch, as you know, the Today Show, the first 20 minutes every day. And all they do is talk about boosters or not boosters. They talk about kids, kids vaccinated. I'm like, no one cares. Stop it. Stop it. That doesn't have to be a, a daily news item. Which means I guess they have nothing else. Maybe there's nothing happening in the world, I guess. Ugh. Anyway. What would Santa do? I have so much else to tell you, and I was like, wait, I have nothing to say, but I do. Oh, let me tell you about what's happening on this Tuesday. Oh, we have Mark Norman. He's an unbelievable comic. Mark Norman will be joining our show, hopefully. I get the feeling he's going to cancel. And Tom Takar, who's a new friend, very funny, was just on The Tonight Show about a month ago. And I get the feeling he's going to cancel. But (laughs) if they don't, that's who's supposed to be on the football show this week. The week after is Paul Lauren. He's going to play a little Christmas music, which will be fun. And then Alex Sulkin. And then Bonnie McFarland and Scott Ackerman. We've got a, a lovely array of people to uh, keep you entertained. On the Comedy Seller Football Show this week, on Billy Joel. If you heard last week, we had that. After I did this podcast, we had the um, lovely a lot of our lovely listeners uh, emailed in. And then we saw them live. And they made Paul's request. And he was able to get every one. It was amazing. Even the ones, of course, I don't know. And that was super fun, and we put that out in audio form on Tuesday, and then Thursday was Last of the Big Time Spenders, which is a stupid song. I tell you, there's no good L songs. I know for my Maggie-level listeners, I put them out early, but um, yeah, this, ugh, I'm just, I, none of them are good. I mean, what's coming out today? I think um, Laura and Leave a Tender Moment Alone, ugh, two clunkers, then Leningrad, ugh, then long, long time, I think it's an unreleased one. And then Lullaby. Every L song sucks. But I do know when we get to the M's, very excited. Moving out. Miami 2017. Modern Woman. Yes, my life. The M's will make up for the L's in Billy Joel A to Z. <laughs> Yay. Anyway, let me just start with, uh, I'm going to go back to last Sunday. Last Sunday was the big potato locker challenge. And the problem is, as I've told you, my brother-in-law is an outstanding cook. He's an outstanding cook. He just is. And so for years, I would say, like, don't make anything else. Don't make anything else. My mother would make this horrible pot roast, and I never had a problem not eating that. But Matt's a great cook. So he made meatballs with his amazing sauce and salmon, beautiful salmon and some salad. He put out a spread and the, let alone the potato lockers. And what, what was I going to do? I got to eat some of his other food. It's delicious. So I only made it to 20. I ate 20 potato lockers. That was three times more than anybody else. I pretty much ate uh, Billy's girlfriend's age in potato lockers, but I couldn't make it to 26. And I apologize profusely to Dory's friend, uh, and the military, I'm sorry uh, that I couldn't put it together for you, but I did the best I could. I did the best I could, sir. Uh, meanwhile, on Sunday, right, we were, so we were supposed to go to, this was a disaster. We were supposed to go, my sister and I were fighting again, but it wasn't my fault. But we were supposed to go to Rhoda's for the final potato locker eating contest or whatever it's going to be. Now, she didn't have anything in there, so we told, I told Beth in advance, hey, you better tell Matt to bring a frying pan because she might have gotten rid of it and we're like fine so it's all set and here we go again 
I'm driving and I'm going to the storage space first. Of course, I'm at the storage space. And she goes, hey, we're moving the thing to my house. And I'm like, why? And she goes, because Matt has just packed up the car with everything he needs. And he goes, this is ridiculous. Let's just have it here. She's like, we're in an empty house. This is stupid. And I'm like, okay. And then what was the problem? Oh, we went. So I said, well, I could still go to grab because I still I had to go there and pack up some more stuff. So I'm like, well, I can still go there first because Beth was going down to pick her up and drive whatever. No, she was going down early. I don't know. But Beth changed the plans again, you know, and um, then it turned out my mother's plumbing was all stopped up and they had to call the plumber immediately because he can't sell the house that way. We didn't notice in the third bathroom. It was disgusting. I can't even describe it to you in case you're eating and listening to this. It was so disgusting. I don't know what it was full of. And so she had to call the plumber that. And the guy, who knew? The guy was like, yeah, I'll be there in an hour. And we're like, what? So he actually, who's, what plumber do you ever see on TV or movies that's going to come in an hour? It was a Sunday. Yeah, I'll see, all right, I'll be there soon. You will? We thought he would just come on Monday. So we'd be all set and just drive Grammys. But it turned out we had to wait for the plumber. So Beth's like, I got to go. You have to stay here and wait with Grammy. And I'm like, why do I have to stay? And then she just flipped off on me. She's like, right, all right, you go, because I know if you don't get the hot potato lock, it's a time. You're going to make a big stink about it. So you're going to have to go. She was just screaming and yelling at me. I'm like, what? And then, you know, when I left, um, when she left or whatever, uh, I was just like, exactly like Fast Times at Ridgemont High. I woke up in such a good mood this morning. I don't know what happened. And I was like, why is she yelling at me? What, what did I do? I just... I woke up with the plan. I did everything I was supposed to do. And all of a sudden, she's screaming and yelling at me. I don't know why. She changed the plans. I I didn't know. Why didn't she think of that ahead of time? Why didn't Matt tell her ahead of time? No, that's ridiculous. Why do I got to put all this stuff in the car? He probably didn't realize how much stuff he needed to cook down there. Because he's cooking the other items. That's the problem. That's the part we didn't know. And he didn't know he was cooking. So it's all bad preparation on their part. As you know me, I like to plan way in advance for whatever's happening but they're not like that so then i just get shit on all the time which is totally unacceptable and then she uh then i said i'm gonna go home and peel the potatoes that was my job i peel the potatoes i come early and peel the potatoes then she was getting angry it's like and then we won't be eating till this time i don't know what was happening i was like who cares when we eat what's the difference we were eating at one that's early anyway why don't we just you know what is the what's the difference if we eat at three who cares but it all worked out, and everything was fine, and everything was forgotten, thank God, because the potato lockers were delicious. But again, I wasn't able to make the 26, but that's because I had the other stuff. If I, if I hadn't had the other stuff, I could have totally made it. And if everybody was really cheering me on, I definitely could have made it. But of course, my mother gets so upset when she sees me eating that way, so I can't blame her. <laughs> I don't know how we do it either. Plus, I had a beer. Oh, my God. I am looking out my window. Oh, oh my God, it's SantaCon Day. Well, there it is. What is today? Oh, the 11... Oh, my... I'm watching. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight kids walking down my block from my window in Santa outfits. It's SantaCon. Oh, my God. All right, that's it. I'm not leaving the house again today. Oh, you know how I hate SantaCon. I can't believe they're even still doing... Oh, I guess they didn't get to do it last year, so... Oh, that's so funny. What's funnier than you see eight Santa Clauses walking down the street looking out your window? I don't know what they're doing in this neighborhood. 
I guess, uh, there's a lot of bars on Second Avenue. I guess. I don't, oh God, it's Santa Con. Oh Jesus, here we go. Santa Con. Anyway, on uh, Monday, as I told you, I woke up early, took the city bike to the ferry and to, to go to Hoboken, went to Hoboken where my friend, my new best friend, Barry the K. Corbin, picked me up exactly on time as expected. You know how I feel about that. And drove me upstate New York about an hour and a half away. To go unbelievable skeet shooting. Oh boy, was that fun. I got photos, I got videos, that's why I'm thinking maybe we gotta do a video podcast tomorrow, but or next week, but again, I'm not seeing a lot of the views. It seems like not like a lot of care, so I don't know. But maybe I'll do it anyway. You got the report card, you got the videos, you know. But it was great. And I gotta tell you, I think I did really good. I had a feeling when Barry said, do you want to go ski shoot? I'm like, yes, because I've always been really good at sniper shooting <laughs> or, you know, looking down the barrel of a gun and shooting. I don't know why. I don't know. Maybe it's video games. I don't know, but I knew I could do this. I had a really good feeling about it, and uh, I was pretty good. And fortunately, when they were taking videos, I was able to hit a bunch of the targets, so it you know, just luck that when they turned on the video, I was able to get a couple and it was really super fun. And you're wearing these glasses. Anyway, we go into the place and they have a little, you know, cabin there where all these weirdos are sitting there, you know, in their flannel shirts. It's like really right out of a movie. They're terrifying. They look like uh, they're either going to use the N word or, uh, you know, uh, hating Jews, whatever, whatever it is. It doesn't look friendly. And there's a giant moose head. You know, in like a lodge, you know, before you go out and start shooting, there's, you know, a whole array of guns you can choose from, but a giant moose head. And this guy comes over and he's, I don't know. Now I assume everybody's my age, but he certainly looks like he's way older, but probably because he's a man, you know, <laughs> he's tall and he's big and he doesn't like nonsense. And, um, of course, there's a moose head. So what am I going to say? What am I going to say? Of course, I go, you must have hated this moose. Oh God! She didn't know that there's a moose. Forget the moose. He was like that guy. He looked just like the guy, the father from Arthur. Liza, uh, not Liza. Uh, the, the the whatever her name was, father. The one she's supposed to Susan's father, and Arthur. I don't like your drinking. It affects your judgment. Ah, oh, uh, I can't decide. <laughs> you seem to find comedy in everything. Maybe says humor. Oh yeah. I must have hated this moose. Hello, Arthur. Hello, Mr. Johnson. I haven't seen much of you lately. Ah. Well, the reason you haven't seen much of me is because I, I normally pick Susan up at her apartment in town, and you live here. Want, want a drink? I never drink. Ah. Oh. No one in my family ever drinks. That's great. You probably never run out of ice your whole life. Huh. Huh. I don't drink because drinking affects... Your decision making. You may be right. I can't decide. It's <laughs> <coughs> just a little humor. <clears throat> Where's the rest of this moose? Arthur, 
I think it's time we got to know one another. I do too. That's why I had you come over today. <laughs> this is a tough room. I don't have to tell you that. You must have hated this moose. Why don't you forget the moose for a moment? Uh, um, I did that. Guy didn't find it funny at all. And I, and it's not like one of those things like, ha ha, nobody's ever done that before. But it wasn't like, I don't, I just, you know, he just didn't get it. And then he's like, have you ever shot before? And I'm like, sure I did. When I was in high school, I used to shoot pelicans all the time. And he's like, that's nice, miss. That's why I played that clip for you from Cheers before. <laughs> I always remember that one. It's with Rebecca Howe's father, who's like a Navy captain. And then, and, and then Norm goes, uh, you know, I used to be in the Coast Guard. That's nice, miss. So... Uh, <laughs> That's pretty much what that guy said. And I'm like, don't worry, relax. I know what I'm doing. They give you a shotgun. At first, I was very nervous about it. It's a double barrel shotgun. Barry got we 100 shells. You got to pack it in there. You can put in two at a time. So uh, as you can do, as Barry calls it, repeat. Also, we were there with our friend Brian Sack, who was amazing because he has long, flowing white hair. And it looks amazing when it's blowing around. <laughs> But it was so much fun. The three of us had a really good time. I got to drive the golf cart around, which uh, is my favorite thing. And then, I, you know, I kind of got more because, you know, you have to have somebody to press the button when they say pull. So that was fun. But that was a lot of pressure. You know, when the person says pull, you got to press that button. You don't want to fuck them up. And then if you do a repeat, as Barry says, you know, repeat, then you have to say pull. Then he shoots. Then you have to do the next one right away. And they have like four targets. So it's A, B, C, and D. So you're like, all right, I'm going to go with A. Uh, I'm going to go A, B, repeat. Because Barry knows all the tech now. He actually has his own gun. And he goes A, A, B, repeat, which means you have to do A. And then when he shoots it, you press B automatically. He doesn't have to say pull again. And he was really good at it. He became good during COVID. He was just like, let's have some fun, some outdoor fun. And then he became really good at it in COVID. He was excellent. He rarely missed a a, a skeet what is it a, a piece of clay that came out it's funny we were driving around in the cart you know we're in the woods and, and at first it's so startling you just hear these loud sounds and you're like oh and then of course you get used to it later let alone this is a powerful weapon you know and it packs a punch so when you shoot it there's blowback I'm, I'm it's funny i'm doing the thing now while i'm uh, on the audio but you have to rest the, you know, the thing on your shoulder or in your, you know, in that blade area. So that starts to hurt after a while because you're really, you know, it it backs you up. You got to really take a stance. So it was very difficult at first, but then you get the hang of it. But then by like, you know, 75, 80 shots, I, I could barely hold the gun anymore. Uh, my, you know, shoulder blade was like completely, not the shoulder blade, I don't know what it's called, the pecs or whatever. It was completely like hurting because I, you know, I couldn't take it. I, I'm not usually ready to do that kind of stuff, but, you know, I just kept going because he's like, do you want some more rounds? I'm like, no, 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 I'm good. This is plenty. It's perfect. There were like 30 targets that we just drove around in the golf cart with and um, just really fun, really fun. It was like kind of a, not that cold, but cold enough where you really felt like a man, you know, even though I was dressed like a, a woman. Uh, you have these glasses on. I, I'm telling you, I got pictures. I'll, I'll definitely show one of them on Tuesday, on the Tuesday show if you're watching. I look like I'm right out of The Sopranos. I'm, my belly's really fat. I don't, 
I was like, I showed it to Olga, and she's like, "No, no, it's not bad." I'm like, "Well, I, I'm wearing a lot of layers, but but I'm I'm not. I, I could barely. I'm, I'm eating so much, I could barely zip my coat. I look like um, Jib Broadbent in uh, we've, we've which we've talked about before in um, uh, Bullet Over Broadway, where he just keeps eating and eating, and they have that turn of him, and he's so fat." It just looks all. I mean, I don't always feel like I look that fat in person, but in that jacket, in that one photo, I definitely look fat. I'm wearing the earplugs. You got to wear the earplugs. And Barry gave me some gloves. I never would have been able to make it without gloves. Oh, and the most important thing is for those boots that I bought last year, whatever they were, whatever ladies' boots they were with the furry inside. Wow, what a major purchase that was. Holy shit. Remember last year I was telling you I cannot keep my feet warm. You know, I'm on the revel. I'm sitting outside in the boots at my bar, and my feet are just cold, cold, cold. I cannot get it together. These boots kept my feet warm the whole time. I can't believe it. They're better than those stupid Timberlands, which don't work. These were great. I was really happy because Brian was like, my feet are cold. I'm like, you know what? I planned ahead. And I finally found boots that keep me warm. Now I got to find mittens or something that keep my hands warm when I'm riding the uh, uh, the motorcycle or whatever. And that'll be good to go. Or a nice warm jacket. My jackets stink. That's the first thing I think I'm going to do when I get more money. Underwear and jackets. <laughs> New underwear and jackets. That's the funny thing. When you're When you don't have money. You think about the things that you'll get when you have money. I would never, ever think about getting a car. Well, maybe I would because my car's bad, but never like a fancy car, but just something that works. But mostly, you know, I just want to, I'm going to stock up on supplies, you know, like paper towels, the stuff where I'm getting nervous, where I see soap going and I'm like, Ugh, how am I going to pay for that? You know, like so I'd stock up on supplies, new underwear <laughs> and, a, and, a, and a nice, sensible winter coat. And maybe a blazer. You know, I'm not, I'm not ever planning on getting a gold house. Not interested. And then just, you know, really just getting Christmas gifts for everybody. Or, you know, my doorman and my nieces and nephews. You know, spread the wealth. That's the thing. We finished the skeet shooting and I'm like, this is great. What a productive, great day. I'm out of the house. I'm with people. What fun when we were going home, I'm like, this is great. But then I'm trying to organize wing night. He gets me back to Hoboken around 3.30. And I'm like, now what do I do? Because I'm right by the wing place. If I go take the boat over, I'm right by the wing place. If I go home, I'm not coming out. And I know people want to come. My friend Hatem, my new friend, Hatem from the Comedy Cellar. He does the Live from America podcast. He's wonderful. He's been waiting to do the wings. I know Olga wanted to come. And Chris Murphy wanted to come. Because all these people weren't performing at the comic strip that day, so they wanted to come. So I was like, can we go at 5 o'clock? <laughs> I'm like, ready. And I'm like, nobody can go at 5 o'clock. I'm like, all right, all right. So I'll just say 7 o'clock, and I will just hang around for four hours. That's right. There's no way I'm going home, because I will not come back out. And I'm like, even though I'm dressed like horribly, and I probably smell pretty bad, uh, it's wings. That place smells bad anyway. It smells like wing sauce, vomit, and tequila, which ironically are my three favorite smells. But I figure I'm okay. I don't B.O. smell. I probably just smell like dirt and nonsense. But So I'm like, I'm just going to stay with it. So 
I just hang around. I just start talking on the phone. I see if uh, Artie's uh, sister Stacy was around, and we talked for a little bit on the phone. It was just I just found a place, and I was just talking on the phone. And um, I, yeah, I, there was nowhere to go into. I went into a couple supermarkets to get. I was I really would have liked to have peed, but I couldn't find a place to do that, and I didn't want to. I don't know. I didn't want to be rude, so that would have been the only thing. But it wasn't that big a deal. I was just walking around. What I was walking around? I figure I'll take the ferry at like a five fifty. So I just had like two hours to walk around. I figure I'll take the ferry, and then you know I'll just uh, then I can go to the bathroom at the ferry terminal. <laughs> That's all the stuff that goes through my mind, and then I'll walk leisurely over to the place and I'll get there a little early. So I got there around six thirty, and then everybody came at seven. Oh, and my friend Dave Rath wanted to do it too. Right, he was in town, the producer of Crashing and Patton Oswalt's manager and stuff. And this guy was so weird. You know, we've been friends for a long time, but I don't know what his story was. There are two weird things that happened Monday. I said, here's what we're doing. And I said, I'll probably leave at 930. And he goes, wait, what if it's a good game? You're not staying for the whole game? I'm like, I don't give a shit. I really don't give a shit. Turns out it was a great game and I stayed the entire night. Of course I did. But I was in a good mood and everything was fine. I'm just never sure. I don't want to let people know this might happen. I might have to walk out at any given moment, but I was in a very good mood because everything fun was happening. So, but it turns out, David's sitting, he's he's there. He we I'm in the back and he's in the front. And I'm like, he's like, what are you doing here? He's like, oh, I had some work to do. Because he always has LA work to do time, LA time work. So I'm like, fine. But then he ordered food. And I'm like, what are you doing? We're gonna order together. I, I don't know what he was doing there. Then he finally sat with us, but it it was I don't know what I don't know what he's doing. He's out of his mind. Then that guy, Hot Tem, comes, comes in at eight o'clock. He goes, I gotta leave at 8 30. Do you think I get the wings in time? I don't know. Then he just he, I, he was sitting in traffic, so it was weird. But then, so then he calls me on Tuesday, or he texts and he goes, "Hey, you're not going to believe it. I'm at the wing place again. I'm going to have the wings." I'm like, "You're having the wings without me? I'm really upset about this." And then he didn't write back. And then I called him the next day, and I'm like, "Dude, what the fuck was that all about?" I'm so angry that he went in by himself because I wanted to see his reaction with the wings, you know. And um, then he explained exactly what happened. He's like, "No, some girl asked me the place, and I didn't know it was the same place." She goes, "I thought." You were asking me, it's called Scruffy Duffy's. I thought you said something with a duck in it. And then she said, Duffy's when I walked in. I'm like, wait, I was here yesterday. I have to text my friend. She's like, who are you texting? And so um, he only had the boneless. He goes, no, I was waiting for you. So I only had the boneless. I'm like, well, I guess that's all right. I guess. But he's such a lovely guy. So I can let that go. It's funny how upset I got about it, though. You know, I like to turn people onto the wings. He said, he said that five guys... Uh, burgers, I guess, apparently has good wings, so we'll give that a try soon. But for now, this is my place until football season's over, which is soon, which is very depressing. So we go there, right? And they have this wheel. I can't remember what I told you about last time. I think I told it on the Tuesday show. That's why. They have a wheel. You spin the wheel, and then if something happens in the game, everybody gets a, the whole bar gets a free shot, which, you know, you got to love these kind of places, right? That's all you're asking for. That's what I'm saying. What kind of money do I need? This is what I like. A bar that you spin a wheel, you get a free shot. The camaraderie of idiots, (laughs) you know. So Olga goes up, spins the wheel, and the wheel goes up to, uh, you have to get a 50-yard touchdown from scrimmage. And she's like, what's that? And we're all like, eh, it's, uh, it's not good. And she was so depressed. Oh, can can you you know? Oh, can I spin? Can I spin again? <laughs> They're like, no. 
Uh, but that no, but uh, this other lady wants to spin. She's like, let me give it a try. So she spins. I don't even know what she got. Something worse. But then the guy moved it to where it got to the Scruffy Duffy dog, which is, I think, a bulldog. And everybody got a free shot anyway. He was really nice. There wasn't that many people at the bar. He didn't care. And they give you their own shots. It's like they have their own blend. It's a green tea shot. It was actually pretty good. So it's not like you can ask for any shot you want, but it was fun. And he gave it to the whole bar. And it was really fun. As it turns out, as we're watching the game, as luck would have it, there was a 50-yard touchdown from scrimmage by the New England Patriots. It was a 64-yard one. And when they were going, we, we were like, you won? <laughs> like, and the guy hooked. I mean, even though, you know, they had already split it, he hooked up everybody with shots again. And Olga was so happy. She's like, what? What? She was telling everybody. She was so excited that her spin won everybody free drinks. It was so cute, and it was so amazing that it happened. That's why the guy's like, oh, no, we already did that, but he didn't do that. He was really nice about it because, you know, that's such a rare thing to happen. We kind of forced him to give everybody drinks, but I really don't think they care. They take that picture of green tea shots out. I, I, I don't think they give a shit who knows how much alcohol is in that, but it was certainly fun, and uh, it really made the night. The spin of the wheel. The spin of the wheel. That's from uh, James Bond, Casino Royale. Christopher, Chris Cornell. Yes. Yes. Isn't he amazing? Arm yourself because no one else here will save you. Best theme song. One of the best Bond themes. I think it's the best Bond theme ever. That Casino Royale is the best Bond movie they ever made. I'm just going to stand by it. Theme song wise, uh, Bond girl wise, villain wise, and James Bond. That's the best one. That's the best one. You'll fuck yourself on any of the other ones. No. Can you make a case for it? No. No. I'm just going to... Get on this podcast and tell you, Casino Royale, best Bond movie ever made, checks off all the boxes. That theme is better than Live and Let Die. It's better than Goldfinger. It's better than uh, Spy, Spy Love Me. It's, uh, it's, I mean, all those are really great. This one's better. Thank you very much. When I went home from the place after uh, the Patriots had won and I uh, did okay, I walked down uh, 45th near my old building. Uh, right on 551 Fifth Avenue. I used to work where I got Me Too, where I haven't been in like two years because I just, you know, hate going on that block. And uh, there was an ice cream truck outside. Then <laughs> this is what, what is, uh, so what did it, was it around midnight? Time the game in, around 11 maybe? 11.30? And I, and I was like, you know, I'm going to get an ice cream cone. Like they have the soft ice cream truck. I don't know what it was doing on that block. Oh, I guess during Christmas time, I guess they stay out late. All right, I was on Fifth Avenue. I didn't even realize, right? I'm on Fifth Avenue because I'm just walking home. Fifth Avenue during this time of the year, you know, it's the place to be. So I get an ice cream cone. I'm just eating this ice cream, soft ice cream chocolate cone. And then I look in my old building and I hadn't been to the Tommy Bahamas in two fucking years. Where, you know, where I spent so much of my life and I was just kind of looking in and looking in the building. I haven't wanted to look in there and... 
it was just so weird. Uh, I don't know. It was just getting a little, not nostalgic. I'm just like, I didn't miss it. I was glad that uh, my firm moved and nobody works there anymore, so I wouldn't run into anybody, even though I don't think anybody works there now anyway. But yeah, Tommy Bahamas was completely closed. I, I was just looking at the bar. I mean, I just hadn't been there. I got a little nostalgic. And then I was like, going to turn down 46th Street to go home. And I'm like, wait, I'm on Fifth Avenue. Let's see some of the windows, right? Let's go past Saks Fifth Avenue. Let's see what they're doing, right? I mean, this is what you come to New York for to go down this block. I hadn't been in a while. Every year, I've always seen it because I was on the block. I'm like, let's take some time. And nobody was around. It's the perfect time to go. You know, what is it? December 3rd, December 4th, whatever it was, uh, December 7th. So it wasn't too crowded. And it was like around midnight. So, you know, everything, it wasn't crazy. So I just walked up Fifth Avenue. Walked up Fifth Avenue, saw a lot of the Christmas decorations. Walked past St. Patrick's Cathedral, which isn't decorated at all. Interesting. The St. Patrick's Cathedral is the only place that's not decorated. Now, if the cathedral, and I don't know anything about this, they're not putting on lights and a lot of the nonsense that you see during Christmas, then maybe nobody should be doing it. Clearly, the Catholic Church must be against all the lights and pageantry. So uh, they should tell everybody to take it all down. That would be epic. It's kind of weird. Why they, they can't put up any lights for Christmas? They don't want to drag people in? They don't want to get new customers? You don't want to make the, the church look nice during Christmas? I don't see how that's sacrilegious to put a couple of lights up. It, it looks, it's like a, you're walking up Fifth Avenue, it's Christmas, it's Christmas, then this huge, great, amazing church is there, and you're like, eh, it's kind of a, sticks out like a sore thumb here. <laughs> like, it's just like, eh. When usually, you know, when you're walking and it's not Christmas, it's very majestic and beautiful, but yeah, there's no lights, there's no fun to it, and it's a beautiful church. I like that Cardinal Dolan. I like the guy that runs it. I don't know why they don't make it a little, uh, pick it up a little bit. You know, I mean, you're always trying to get people in. I don't know uh, what the deal is. Anyway, I kept walking up. I saw the windows at Saks. It was um, always delightful. It's very fun. There's a lot of police presence, thank goodness. It makes me happy. And then, of course, you know, you look to the left, and there's the goddamn Rockefeller Christmas tree. It's the Christmas tree. The one everybody comes to see. The big one. And it is a sight to behold. But it's just funny. You're just walking a fifth and like, oh, there it is. Oh, right. Oh, right. That thing. I love walking by that tree at this time of the year. I always do from wings, you know. But I had forgotten that it was there because there's just a little sliver of where you can see it. If you see the movie Elf, Elf, they're looking from that view. But, you know, you can't get enough of it. You, you can't. I live in this city. I've seen that tree a hundred times. And yet you have to sit and take a moment and just stare at its majesticness. It is that cool. I don't know how many lights are on that thing, but goddamn, there is something about a Christmas tree, which clearly means nothing religious because otherwise the Catholic Church would be decked out in lights. See, that's what I realized. But it's beautiful. It's beautiful. It really gives you the the right feeling for whatever it is, and it gives you hope. You know, all these people put this together and they put it out for everybody to see. And they're like, see, maybe there's some goodness in the world in the middle of this godforsaken city. And according to ape law, there's nothing in those scrolls that tell me otherwise. But it was really beautiful. 
And it was exciting walking home after you see that. And I said to myself, well, here we are, just go in the city. Just go in the city, enjoying the sights of Fifth Avenue at midnight. It's not crowded because otherwise this would be a whole other story. And I'm going up Fifth Avenue. You know, I live here and there's people all over the place. But no, it was perfect. It was the perfect time to go, not too close to Christmas. And it was uh, not too cold, but it was cold enough. It was a good thing and a good way to go. And then um, I walked the rest of the way home. And I don't know what the hell I did after. I guess I just watched TV and passed out. It was a great day. A really long, great day. What did I leave the house at 6.45? Or let's just say 7 a.m. No, I know I left earlier. No, I left at 7 a.m. And I got back at midnight or after. So that's, that's a long day out. But it was fun and totally worth it. I couldn't wait to tell you guys. Skeet shooting. You know, so you're up at that place and you're up at that lodge with those people and you know, you can't picture yourself then being in Manhattan after that. You know, it just seems like you're so far away from the hustle and bustle. It was nice to be in both places in one day. Well, just a couple of other things before we uh, leave you today. And uh, next week, I believe, is our final episode of the season. So we'll try and put together. I, I was thinking about calling Molly Heckerling, give her a call. I know people like when I do the podcast by myself, but. I like her, and I'd just like to hear more. I know she went to the screening of Ghostbusters Afterlife because, you know, uh, the wasn't it Jason Reitman who directed it? And so, you know, since her father invented the characters, she was invited to the screening. I'm always going to find that fascinating, but we'll see what happens next week. Put together something special for the last episode, huh? But it's funny, I was looking through the paper today, and Rachel had told me... Uh, you know, I did this uh, thing on Thursday. I did the uh, this this fundraiser for this uh, school that Gilbert's kid, Gilbert Godfrey's kids used to go to, and now they keep asking me to run the fundraiser. We did it virtually again, so I got um, Natterman and uh, Katie Hannigan, Carrie Louise, which is Tom Cotter's wife, uh, Wendy Liebman, of course. God, is she fucking awesome? And uh, Rachel to all be on the show, and Paul Lauren to play a little music, and I think they were very happy with it. The one bad thing is they're like, oh, we have to give you a check. We can't pay you in Venmo. And I'm like, but I got to pay the comics. Oh, it's from the school. Sorry. And I'm like, well, you could have told me that before I took this gig. You fucking. It makes me so angry when things are figured out until later. So Rachel told me when she got home, like her husband, you know, who's a fire captain, was in a really bad fire. Like she's like, I was very worried. And, you know, he's OK. But I got home. And then I I, I think this is the one I just ripped it out of the paper. I was going to ask her if this is the one. It, it, it's a close call for four bravest in Brooklyn. This is her worst fear. And he's the captain. So it's surprising if he's, you know, involved once he's the chief that it shouldn't be a problem anymore. But she worries like a like a cop's wife, you know. So it's like she's got this one year old. She's trying to do comedy, get her career set, and then she has to worry about her husband. That's why she always asks us to come over when he's doing like a 72-hour shift or something. She worries about him, and, you know, we can come over and be friends with him. But she, you know, I guess this is the thing. This is in Brooklyn Heights, and that's definitely where he is the uh, thing. And they say the, the blaze broke out. No civilians were hurt, but one injuring four firefighters. But he, he wasn't injured, I don't think, but it looks like some of his uh, men were. God, you know, you forget. You meet him, you hang around with him, you have a good time, and you forget that, uh, like I was saying, like, 
uh, well, an hour before I was upstate shooting rifles. And this guy, an hour before, might have been, well, maybe not an hour before, but the day before, he might have been in a huge fire that uh, injured a bunch of his men. And then he's just sitting at dinner with us trying to, and that's what I tell Rachel all the time. Like, he just won't open up to me. I'm like, I told you, if he opens up, people die. If he can't remove himself from what happened yesterday to sitting down and having dinner with us, he's going to be a psychopath. Just shut up. (laughs) Let him do what he does until he retires, and then you can work on all this stuff, you idiot, you selfish prick. (laughs) Right? I'm not crazy about that. That's true, isn't it? But, uh, yeah, you know, it's funny. I was sitting, When I was doing that thing on Thursday, you know, I'm sitting for an hour and a half, and it's weird because I'm the host, right? So you know how it is on uh, Zoom where, you know, people, eh, we kind of ask them to turn their mics off, but you can keep it on because you want to hear the laughs. So mostly my job is to make sure I'm laughing at everybody because I know how it works and I can regulate my mic and everything. So I, you know, for now, you know, we're normally, if I'm hosting a show, I get off stage, I can walk around, I can talk, I can go outside. But here I have to concentrate and laugh and concentrate on what they're saying and still chat with the other people on the side like, hey, you're going to be on in five minutes and stuff. So there's a lot of work. And, you know, I was sitting there for a true hour and a half, just sitting there, you know, I was like exhausted afterwards. And it's just funny. I didn't even leave my house, which is, you know, a miracle, which is why I like it. I like it. I mean, I like both, I guess, but I really like when I don't have to go anywhere. I'm, you know, they're like, oh, next year we'll do it live. And I'm like, "Eh, all right. Oh, but I guess it will be fun to do it live. And I like the virtual stuff. Meanwhile, I think I'm going to. You know, the football show, I guess I'm just going to end it. I'm going to end the virtual stuff. It's hard to get the comics. Everything's kind of a mess. So I guess I'll stop it after football season. I I, I haven't decided what I'm going to do. Um, I mean, you know, I'll finish the season. Maybe I'll go to the Super Bowl, but I'll cut it down to an hour, not two hours. You know what I mean? Uh, after the season's over, after we have a full array of picks, which goddamn really is my favorite thing to do. That and wings, man. Oh, man. Man, I love football season, yet I hate watching football, I think. I don't know. I I go through phases. Maybe I'm like everybody else. I just don't want to watch the games. I just like seeing the scores at the end. I'm just I'm glad because now my Sundays aren't ruined anymore. I can actually go out and do stuff. I almost was going to see a play that Dave Rath has a client. The reason he's here, he's got a client at a, doing a play at the Cherry Hill Theater, Cherry, Cherry Lane Theater. It's right by Olga's house, so she wants to go because it's about an Orthodox Jew who's doing a play, so she needs to see it. He's like, tell me when you want tickets, and you know we could possibly go on Sunday at three. And I'm like, I don't know about that. <laughs> you know, I like to be in a place where I could look at the scores if necessary. I, I don't know. So I think what I'm going to do is maybe go on Wednesday, which will be tomorrow, and then maybe I can go have uh, you know drinks with um, Richard Klein afterwards uh, after his acting class, and then even maybe meet my nephew, who, by the way. <laughs> I had an audition for Dear Evan Hansen uh, two days ago. My nephew auditioned for my favorite show on Broadway. You know he's going to get it, and then I will kill myself. No, I mean, I I am happy for him. You know I am, but I am extremely jealous. I, I really think he might get it. He's probably perfect for this part of Connor Murphy. It's just beautiful that he got it. It's so exciting. Uh, and he went in, he auditioned the right way. He was so smart. He went into this place and he goes, Hey, do you have, um, uh, can I, 
rent a room to practice in? They're like, yeah, sure, it's eight bucks for 15 minutes. And so he went into the audition. He went to a room to practice. And, uh, you know, I mean, that's good for him, you know. So I don't know. I uh, called Sarah and I'm like, you're not going to believe this. <laughs> but now I get why my dad hated me. I think I, I get the jealousy of, um, you know, he didn't do it. Now, for me, it's worse because, you know, I really tried and it didn't work out with my dad. He didn't really try. Well, I mean, he tried very, very young, but he didn't go for it like after college or after the army. But um, I don't know. Of course, he's going to get it. This is just going to be perfect but uh, meanwhile yeah, and it's the funniest thing because it's my favorite job I and mean, how many podcasts we do talking about dear Evan Hans, my nephew's gonna be goddamn in it it's unbelievable unbelievable what, what are you gonna do what are you gonna do i, I got that song going through my head it's uh, that best that, that's my favorite song boom, 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 boom. dear evan hansen na, 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 sincerely me that's the name of the song right i couldn't remember it at the time anyway Well, you know, I hope everybody's having a very nice holiday season. I hope everybody has plans for Christmas and New Year's. I'm trying to work on my New Year's plans. They are not good. I mean, you know, like I said, I usually go to the cellar, but sorry, what it used to be, so I can't decide. Olga said maybe I could go out to uh, Governors in Long Island on New Year's, but maybe, you know, do a spot, which is kind of exciting. I think only once in my life have I ever done a New Year's Eve spot, and it was very exciting. I don't know. You know, I just want New Year's Eve to be over again. I can't believe they have those college bowl games. Oh, meanwhile, I don't know if you saw that Rutgers was so amazing yesterday or two days ago. The, um, you know, Rutgers has always been shit on for everything, but they played the number one team in the nation in basketball. Um, was it Wednesday? No, Thursday night. And um, they beat them. That's never happened. Rutgers has never beaten a number one, and they beat it with a buzzer beater. You can look it up. What's the guy's name? Ron, Ron Harrison Jr. or something, something like that. Oh, it's very exciting. They beat Purdue, which I didn't even know they were the number one seed in the nation. And they beat them with a big end half-court shot buzzer beater. It was very exciting. Always rooting for Rutgers. And um, got to love that kind of stuff. That is what makes sports kind of fun. And that stuff happens anyway folks i don't know i'm just coffee rambling to you about stuff and next week as you know will be our final episode for the season the final the final episode of the night fly oh believe me if i could get donald fagan on i would do it wouldn't that be something else yeah the final episode of night i'm definitely changing the name i can do it who cares meanwhile i just heard sex in the city the new show uh called just like that uh, apparently spoiler alert cover your ears big dies that that was the worst kept secret anyway mr big dies but apparently the way he dies on a peloton bike and he has a heart attack and peloton shares went down 10 percent yesterday after that happened and peloton had to put out a statement no our our, our bikes prevent heart attacks you idiots <laughs> so uh spoiler alert but i'll probably end up watching that shit anyway anyway folks thank you so much don't forget about the tuesday show at uh, 6 o'clock Eastern Time with Mark Norman, Tom Takar, and our Billy Joel podcast every Tuesday and Thursday. Billy Joel A to Z. We'll see you next week on the final episode of The Night Fly. Good night, everybody. Could you help me?